Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Tech Done Different Podcast with Ted Harrington. Do you follow the pack or challenge the status quo? Join Ted as he explores how to succeed by going against conventional wisdom. You'll hear leaders in technology and security tell stories about how they achieve their success by doing things differently. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. Welcome to another episode of Tech Done Different. I'm your host, Ben Schmerler. With me today is Andrew Lemon, who hates titles. But if you had to give him a title, he said he is the Principal Security Engineer for Red Threat. Uh, Andrew, thanks for joining us today. And uh, why don't you give the audience a little background about what you do and, and a little background about yourself? Hey, Ben, thanks for having me. So again, my name is Andrew Lemon. I am the Principal Security Engineer at Red Threat. Another title is CEO, but I mean, who really cares about that? It's only there to sign paperwork. I really wanted to own a job. Most people want to own a business. I wanted to own a job and that job I wanted to own was penetration testing. So I wanted to break into things and hack networks. And I worked for a consultancy company for years and I've done this for private industry for a while, but I really wanted the freedom to do my own thing, pick my customers and really deliver a, a service that I could be proud of. So it kind of led me to start my own thing and that's where I am now. That's awesome. I really love hearing that. One of our big themes here is is thinking like a hacker and you definitely have it. So we're going to get into more of that later. But one thing I want to talk about is, you know, before, for those who've listened for a while, you probably, you probably realize that, you know, I don't just do these recordings offhand. I usually like to do a little bit of, uh, of pre, pre stuff, but, and normally the way these things go is I do a little research on my guests and then I ask them a few questions to get to know them so I could put together some questions. But, but my call with Andrew is a little different. Andrew kind of social engineered me a little bit. Andrew, why don't you tell our audience why you, decided to do some research on me before we had our interview. Yeah, I think it's important to understand the people that you're going to be talking to, kind of get their background, make sure you don't walk into anything crazy. And just naturally for me, the second that I get someone's name, it's immediately a Google search. And then from there, it really depends on how it goes. So for Ben, I kind of looked to see what he did professionally and looked at some of his hobbies and saw he had a YouTube channel. I didn't go as far as uh, sometimes I'll dig in and actually look for personal email addresses and maybe even leaked passwords to kind of get an understanding of where people come from and how they think. But yeah, social engineering has always been part of my business. So I always like to get an idea of who I'm talking to. Yeah, definitely. It was really interesting. You definitely scratched my nerd funny bone where you started asking me questions about old video games and, and stuff. And I mean, that's really effective, especially, you know, for the work you're doing in uh, penetration testing and red teaming, you know, getting people to sort of uh, let go of their own uh, inhibitions is key to sort of discovering their vulnerabilities. Isn't that right? Yeah, the fastest way, I mean, build rapport as fast as you can, and then that'll ensure that you have a, a good, successful engagement with a person. Yeah, definitely. What inspires you about security specifically? I mean, clearly this is a passion for you. You you like you you have all these cool stories you told me, which we're gonna get into in a bit, and you like picking your customers and stuff. Tell me just like what is it about the security business that may, that really gets you passionate? So when I was a kid, my dad was a, a Microsoft certified engineer, and he as a kid, I always asked why. And so he never stopped me. Every time I asked why, he would break things down, even if he had to go down to the atomic level. And that's been kind of the driving force of what led me to security. I always wanted to know not only how things worked, but how you could break them and make them work differently. So from the time I got my first PC, I asked, well, could I make it melt? Could I catch it on fire? My dad said, well, no, but a virus could destroy the data. 
And that's kind of this approach where I've taken to security. And it's really helped my customers because a lot of times they don't ask like, okay, can I get domain admin? I want to ask, how can I really, really affect, like, how can I show impact to a customer? And if that's a municipal power plant, that's how can you shut down power? If that's a hospital, how can you uh, shut down the infectious disease board or change pressures? Or if it's a pipeline, how could you simulate an explosion? So having that kind of curiosity of not only understanding the tech, but what also the tech's driving, whether that's the operations or the pipelines or the production lines, whatever that is. Yeah. One of the things we discussed before the call today was you were a little resentful of the idea of cut and paste penetration testing. Do you want to first, let's just talk about what cut and paste penetration testing is. How would you describe that? Yeah. So basically there's really a methodology now. I mean, you can pretty much run crack map exec responder and then use RSAT and you can get to domain admin. So a lot of companies are just churning out these pen tests where there's a formula that will get you compromise on say 90% of organizations, uh, but it's boring and it's not specific. And so what you'll see is a lot of organizations are pumping out the same pen test for what would be a tree farm or a hospital or a fortune 500 company, even your mom and pop shops. Uh, my idea was to really tailor it towards my customers and really make it impactful for them. A lot of people talk about how amazing they are at being hackers and how great they are at breaking into things, how much technical knowledge they have, but none of that really matters if there's no actual customer impact. Uh, well, tell me, tell me what you think about credentials and their their value as it pertains to the customer. Yeah, it's credentials in terms of uh, certificates or as in passwords or. Yeah, I mean, so I guess what I mean by that is. A lot of people like when they go in and they're talking, engaging with a client, and they're talking about how they're going to have a successful penetration test. What they like to do is they like to sort of wave around how smart they are or how how brilliant of a hacker they are. But doesn't that kind of miss the point? Yeah. And that's something uh, I do try to engineer with my customers, right? I try to a lot of times go with the, the least common denominator. So a good example of that was an engagement where previous, a very big firm had broken into this organization. And they did it by sending a malicious PDF. They compromised, got domain admin, and they were able to get control over the door readers and then create their own badges. And they wrote their own badge with a proxmark and they were able to get in. So they spent roughly, I don't know, 40 hours to do this physical pen test, which is cool, but like you're going to see that kind of pen test in an Ian Fleming novel, right? Like that's the stuff of spies. Your real threat is your idiot. What could an idiot do? Could an idiot climb the fence? Could they open this unlocked cabinet? Could they grab these electrical cables? You're not dealing with highly sophisticated attackers most of the time. You're usually dealing with someone, say, if you're in an industrial setting, a copper thief, or someone who's just trying to get their hands on equipment, or in broadcast even, most of the time you get teenagers that are just trying to climb your transmission towers. You're not having people that are sending you malicious docs and pretending to be the pest control guy just to get in and climb your towers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like it... We, we like to think of all these things that could be done. I mean, the reality is when it comes to security, that there's an unlimited amount of things that can be done to break into a system. It's really more about what's practical. You know, you have these assets that you have to protect and and what can you do to reasonably protect them that's actually a valid threat? You can ask this to any any company in the, in the world. Yeah, and trust me, I love the James Bond stuff and any customer that wants me to hack it in the coolest way possible, I love it. And when we go as far as, attacking robotic guards and compromising thermal cameras. But at the end of the day, I like to get a base understanding of what the customer's actual threats are and try to model it as to what's relevant to them and not what's going to make a good story and make me happy. Yeah. 
So I want to ask you more of a philosophical question. So you're obviously very good at what you do. And I mentioned the idea of thinking like a hacker to you, what would thinking like a hacker mean to you personally? I think that a lot of people get confused about what hacking is. They think that it's the, a malicious at the end of the day and really hacking at its core is just making something do something it wasn't supposed to do. Uh, that's where all of your hackers started. I mean, everyone that's ever done anything that's Leonardo da Vinci or those people, they're hackers. It's, it doesn't have to be compromised, but I think that, Hacking at its core is understanding a system from A to B and saying, okay, I know if A plus B equals C, well, can I make it do anything else? If, can I add A and D together and get E? Or it's being able to understand a system so fully that you can manipulate it to get a result that you want, or just that curiosity. And a lot of times the hacking has moved into that criminal curiosity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when people think about hacking, it, it there's definitely that negative uh, connotation and we try to avoid the the visuals and such of the black hooded you know sh shady a shady person who's breaking into something from the outside like a, like in a very dark dark dank place i mean we're we're trying to demystify this that ha there are ac actually hackers that are on your side these are people who if if you're not testing it if you're not looking at these things if you're not trying to break a product how do you really know if it's actually secure uh, how has it really been tested so I think that's really important. What, so what do you think, you know, in terms of if you were to add more uh, hackers to your team, what makes a good hacker? Like what makes someone good at being a hacker? So I've done a lot of hiring for attackers uh, and hackers. One thing is a lot of confidence. I mean, traditionally you want someone, especially if you're having to lie at gunpoint, you want to make sure that you're really good at lying. So I, I like people that really handle their pressure well. And I find that people that are, either don't are socially anxious that have developed sort of the masking. Those are the people that I like to hire, especially for the social engineering side. Really? For the attacking. Yes, absolutely. Especially people on the spectrum or there, there are two really great people to hire for that, for this, the role of social engineer, people that have been in theater and people that are terrible with social, like social situations and social anxiety because they have the most incredible mask. And so I like those people because when they're out of place, it's not unusual for them. If they're pretending to be the exterminator or the HVAC guy, they're used to just feeling out of place all the time. So it's nothing for them to take on a role and pretend to be a person. So those are social engineers like to hire. So you know, I was going to say, you're going to start recruiting from Broadway, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have, I'm going to pivot a little bit. A lot of people have dreams of building huge companies being the first to do something, maybe uh, hiking, uh, climbing Mount Everest, something like that. You told me your dream is to steal a baby. 100%. Please explain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a few years ago, I was at DEF CON and in one of the, the talks, uh, a gentleman mentioned that they had been engaged by a series of hospitals to test their, their security around their maternity ward. And so ever since then, a, literally, a light bulb went off and it was, oh my gosh, I could steal a baby. In his instance, they used a fake baby, but they put the, the bracelet on and everything. Everything would be treated as a cold, code pink. The only difference here was there wasn't an actual tangible human life. But ever since hearing that, I've, it has been one of my like three major goals in tech now that I just want that on my resume. And so if there are any listeners out there that want their hospital tested and they have the right to do it, I will give you the best deal on the planet. <laughs>
Yeah, we can, you know, maybe, you know, you're not into titles and stuff, but maybe if you successfully do that, it'll be print, it'll be principal security engineer and, and, and baby thief innovator, yeah. uh, Andrew Lemon. <laughs> uh, uh, kidnapper. Yeah. Good kidnapper, ethical <laughs> right. kidnapper. Ethical kidnapping. <laughs> uh, that's great. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about comprehensive security. So I've been very complimentary to you, but even when we were on our call, you, you sort of were talking about the idea that you have your expertise, that you that you like to do certain types of projects, that you have expert hacking skills in some areas, but you know, perhaps in an, and I hope you take this, don't take this the wrong way, but you're like not necessarily an AppSec guy, like maybe some of the people on my team are, and that's totally okay. So there's this perception that I notice at least. I know this happens when I talk to family members where they say, oh, you're the security guy. You're the person who knows all this stuff about security. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? And they could ask you questions from encryption to social engineering, to network penetration testing, to AppSec, to, to whatever. Tell me about what you think about this and, and just in general, how we need to take a different view about what security is and why it needs to be comprehensive. Yeah, I think it's important to, I mean, know your role and know what you're good at, right? I mean, Someone that's lived in the space for 10 years now, I mean, I can do a web app pen test. I can do an application pen test. Do I want to do them? No, because I don't believe that I can develop, I can deliver the level of perfectionism that I want, right? I really want to strive for perfectionism in everything I do. And I think a lot of companies get into a point where, oh yeah, we'll, we'll grab that. We'll take, uh, we can, sure we can do that. And yeah, well, of course you can deliver that. I mean, it's important to understand that as you broaden, you're losing depth, right? So while you, even you could talk in depth about something, you may not be able to deliver the same level of expertise as a specialist. So while I can deliver a radio assessment, if you want someone to actually come in and look for do bug sweeps, you need someone that has a nonlinear junction scheme. So I think that it's important to understand when you need a professional or a, a specialist versus just a generalist. In the same way you have a, a general doctor you go to when you have a cold, but if you had a serious issue, you're going to go see an oncologist. Uh, just knowing when to step into that. Absolutely. The another thing I would say too is like there's perspective as well. Oftentimes when we're doing projects, you you may have the same experience. We'll often take people with different backgrounds and put them together on a project. And the idea being that the perspective of of one person who has a lot of experience, maybe with a particular product, might not be the same as somebody else who's looked at it from an entirely different angle with a different background. And uh, we often find that we get 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 the best experience out of it. Plus, I mean, you're learning stuff every day. I mean, the 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 world of of security is a world of change. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And I think that if you have a, a hammer, every problem looks like a nail, right? That old saying. So if you're a web app guy, if you go into a general pen test, you're going to fall back to what you know, and you're going to be attacking all their login portals, but you may not be attacking their windows and vice versa. If you go into an organization, you may be Back, uh, working really hard on attacking their windows and their Active Directory information, but maybe you're going to avoid their uh, ERP system or any of their accounting systems, or even maybe their SCADA stuff because you're scared or you're not as comfortable with it as you are with the Windows side. Yeah, yeah. Well, in a couple minutes, I'm going to tell everybody how they can find you and everything, give you an opportunity to to let people see you. But before we do that, I want to give people a reason why they should start following you because you do a lot of cool projects. So. First, my, my first question is, what makes a security project interesting to you particularly? Like what what really, you know, you, we talked about the the stealing a baby idea, but like what what makes a nice meaty project for you to jump into? 
I mean, really the, the core principle for me is always be looking for fun, always have fun. So if there's enough of that struggle where you have to just stare at a problem and beat your head against the wall, I mean, the more I can struggle and the more difficult it is, the happier I am. Uh, but for me, it's really going to be, what is the outcome, right? Is it a cool gadget I get to use? Is it worthwhile? And what is the purpose of say what I end up coming out with? Yeah. Well, tell us, get, tease, tease the audience a little bit. If they, if people went and, and looked you up on LinkedIn or something, tell us a little about some of the cooler projects you've worked on. You talked about the robot guards for a second. Maybe, maybe tease us with a little bit of that. Yeah. So a lot of companies are looking to replace things with automation. So I've been looking at the fun ways that you can manipulate automation. Uh, people have seen the prompt engineering for things like chat GPT, but uh, stepping into like, yeah, how can you break that? One cool thing you mentioned is robot guards, right? A lot of physical human beings have been replaced with robot guards. And so I've started looking at how we can affect those. We have customers that utilize these security as a service platform where they get an all-in-one, they've got a security operations center that follows this robot guard around. And so asking questions like, can you hide from a guard, a robot guard with a Mylar blanket? And the answer is yes, they can't see through Mylar blankets. There was a good article about two United States Marines that were able to evade one of the robots by sneaking up on a cardboard box. <laughs> I read uh, that. <laughs> or how do they react if you take a piece of rope and string it across at a six foot level, right? Or even if you throw a tennis ball for a robot dog, will it chase it? Those are all things that I've kind of tested. And then some of my other projects have just been fun projects. So uh, I used to, I met my wife doing card magic and being a magician. So I was hoping you bring this up. Yeah. As part of like, a lot of people think that you can only deceive with your eyes and your voice. So a lot of card magicians will deceive with just the sight, right? But you can also deceive people with sound. So one of the projects I worked on was emulating the sounds of say a badge reader. So when you go to badge, you actually get a good solid beep. So when you tailgate behind someone, you can push the button, get a beep, and there's no question. That's kind of one of the fun projects I've worked on as well, just uh, having something that emulates that sound so I can deceive people not only with sound, but with sight. I've never really thought about it that way, that perhaps the the little green light or something that appears when you swipe the badge or the little sound is in itself validating and reassuring, but it could be used against you, I suppose. If you're standing outside a door and they've set the request exit sensor up wrong, you can just watch for the, the light on the reader to turn green and then open that door. And then you can use your fake badge and badge in and make the beep sound. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, before I give you an opportunity to tell people how to reach you, let's sort of wrap this up briefly. You know, somebody's listening to this, maybe they're getting into security for the first time, or they're trying to expand their knowledge, or maybe they just want to get better at something. I mean, what what is your advice as someone who's a pretty bright guy, who really learned a lot of these things himself? Like, where do we start? I think it's just curiosity to the point of just unbridled curiosity, right? You, you can never be content with, I know enough or think you know enough. It is ingest new data all the time and not just that, but test your old data. And if you learn something new, don't get caught in your ways. So if a new product released on GitHub, try that out see if it's better than what you've done in the past. Everyone's out here trying to actually sell you how to be a pen tester. I've started to notice a trend in the, the gentlemen that I've interviewed and the ladies I've inter interviewed in the last two years. If I said, tell me the last thing you hacked, it's a guarantee that they attacked an Apache service. It was a web server. They got command execution, compromised www data, and did a SWID bit privilege escalation, right? Which is great. It, it's cool. It showed me they hacked something, but I can tell you, oh, yeah, that was probably unhacked the box and you did this. There's this generic. So understand what the industry wants. There's a lot of openings for web app 
pen testers, but they're being filled because there's that learning. But there aren't a lot of openings for people that know Windows, people that know IoT or social engineering, because those skills are hard to teach, hard to find. So if you can find a good mentor or really dig in and learn those on your own, you'll write your own paycheck for the next 10 years. That's awesome. That's great advice, Andrew. Before we disconnect, uh, why don't you tell uh, our audience how we can reach you if they want to learn more or see some of the cool stuff you're doing? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, Andrew Lemon. My link is Lemon It Up. You can find me as Lemon It Up on YouTube as well as LinkedIn. And then my company is Red Threat. Uh, We'd love to talk to you. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Andrew. Uh, You've been a terrific guest. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right. See you later. See ya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tech Done Different podcast with Ted Harrington. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.